What is up, Whiskey Noobs, and welcome to yet another question and answer episode of the Whiskey Noobs podcast, where I answer questions that you guys submit to my Instagram every Wednesday through the sticker on my story. That Instagram is at whiskey underscore noobs for those of you who don't know already. In case you haven't seen, we have officially run out of time to answer every single question that's submitted, so I try to pull ones that are slightly different from other ones that I answered or just stand out to me and answer those, and if I can't get to your question, then I try to respond to it. If it is covered by an episode, I respond to it on my story with a link to that episode. So I appreciate everybody submitting the questions. I'm sorry that I can't get to all of them, but I will cover as many as I am able to. With that being said, we don't have time for a mystery whiskey review in this episode because, once again, I'm answering as many questions as I can. And quickly, I do have a small announcement before we get to those. So I do get asked fairly often about the type of whiskey glasses that I use, my recording gear, those sorts of things. So I did make a list of that stuff that you can now find at the link in my bio. Keep in mind, these are going to be normal, plain whiskey drinking glasses, whereas you can get personalized ones at the link in my bio through Etsy. But there's a new link in my bio link, my link tree. Uh, does have a button on it now that will probably say my favorite products. I have haven't added the button yet, but I'm guessing by the time this airs, it's going to say my favorite products. You can click on that and it'll take you over to Amazon where you can see all of my favorite products that I use, anything from podcast recording gear to whiskey drinking glasses to just general whiskey accessories, those sorts of things. And I, if you use that button to buy something off Amazon, I will actually make a small commission from it if you order through that link. And it's the same cost to use. So it's a pretty cool way for me to just make a couple extra bucks. It doesn't charge you any money. I am just getting paid for referring you to Amazon. So that link should be available in my bio as of the recording or as of the posting of this episode. It's not available as of the recording, uh, but it should be available by the time you are listening to this. And you can go to the link in my bio on Instagram or on TikTok, and you can find all my favorite Amazon products. Once again, if you want Whiskey Noobs specific products like Glen Cairns with the Whiskey Noobs logo on them, you can find those also at my link tree, the link in my bio but it is the button that says Whiskey Noobs Merch. So that's the customized gear that is Whiskey Noobs specific, whereas the My Favorite Products button is not Whiskey Noobs specific. It's just stuff on Amazon that I personally use. And if you want to buy it, then you can do that. And I can also make a little bit of money off of it. So I appreciate you using that link if you so choose. And if not, I totally get it. I'm not asking you to buy stuff from it. I'm just saying if you want to buy a Glen Cairn, do it through that link and I get a little bit of money. So it's a win-win for everybody. Everybody loves it. All right. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's get into the questions because as I mentioned, we have so many of them this time. Thank you so much to everybody who submitted a question. I'm sorry I can't get to all of them anymore, but I will still do the lightning round to try to get a, to um, as many as I can, basically. The lightning rounds to try to just hit up as many of them as I can, but I will still answer a few in long form starting right now. The first question, is Weller overrated? Uh, this won't be a super long drawn out answer, but my basic response to this is similar to my response for a lot of the Buffalo Trace Distillery, and that is it is overrated if you're paying too much on the secondary market for it. If you're buying it at its price in Ohio, which for most Wellers is $50, it is an awesome deal, except Weller Special Reserve. That's like 23 I think, which is also an awesome deal. Um, but most of the plain Weller lineup, your, your Special Reserve, your Antique, your Full Proof, your Single Barrel, your 12-year... 
and I'm forgetting something else. Uh, create your craft your perfect bourbon or create your perfect bourbon CYPB. Uh, those are fifty dollars if you can find them in Ohio, and I think they are a hundred percent worth that amount of money. So I don't think they're overrated for that price, but I do think as with most things on the secondary market, uh, they're not worth secondary prices. That is pricing for rich collectors who want to stare at the bottle or use it as a flex to be like, look at this super cool bottle I have. That's my personal opinion. But Weller in general is a great lineup. I love a lot of the Weller stuff. I have talked about this before. I have a whole episode on it. I did a tasting of Weller, got to compare a bunch of the different Wellers, and I really enjoyed it. I like the Weller lineup, but I don't pay any extra for them. If I can find them while hunting, then I will find them. And if I can't, then I won't worry about it, as is my opinion with most allocated stuff. So moving on to the next question, this person asks, why do I really enjoy bourbon one day, but then the next day all I taste is burn? Oddly enough, as of the recording of this, I just released a video about this, uh, but that video might be a little bit old by the time you're listening to this episode. But if you scroll back on Instagram and on TikTok, you'll see it. I think it's also on YouTube shorts. Um, and I talk about this and that the reason for this, the reason that one day you can like a bourbon and the next day you can drink the same exact bourbon and it'll be harsh is your palate condition. So I like to warn people about this when you first try something, because sometimes you'll try something for the first time and you'll be like, this is really harsh. But maybe your palate is just being a little bit extra fragile that day and it seems harsh, but if you were to try it again tomorrow, it wouldn't be harsh. Now, what do I mean by palate condition? I also got that question on the ep- on the video that I posted in the comments. When I say palate condition, it's a very general term that I'm saying for the state that your taste buds are currently in. So sometimes after you just eat hot sauce, your taste buds are very overstimulated and everything tastes very bland. Sometimes if you haven't eaten a meal for a few hours or maybe even yet that day, then everything tastes amazing because your taste buds are super sensitive. That's the same way for whiskey, Uh, especially if you're drinking like a harsher whiskey, if you're drinking uh, a higher proof whiskey, not necessarily harsher, but higher proof. um, Then if you go to a lower proof, it's going to taste way more bland. You're going to taste way less flavor. Your palate in general is going to be way less stimulated. Well, this can also happen if you haven't even been drinking whiskey lately. If you just haven't eaten yet that day, maybe your palate is very fragile. If you just ate a huge meal, maybe your palate is overstimulated and you're not going to get very many flavors from it. There are all sorts of factors that impact this. It is not nailed down to a perfect science, at least not to my knowledge. There are some days where I would expect my palate is fine and I'll try something and I'll think it's very harsh. And there are some days where the opposite happens. I actually talked about in that video, um, my, my episode on TX. I thought TX was a little bit harsh. I didn't like it too much. Um, and then I tried it again later and I liked it a lot more. Now, don't get me wrong. In that episode about TX, I mentioned I think it has great great flavors. It's just a little bit harsh for the proof. I still stand by that. It's still a little bit too strong for the proof. It's got a good amount of alcohol for the proof. But when I tried it later on, I got way less of the burn. So sometimes your palate is just really primed for drinking whiskey and you're not going to get very much burn at all. So just something to keep in mind. That is that is the answer to that question though. Why some days does whiskey taste nice and sweet and flavorful and other days it just burns? It's because of your palate condition. So it could be because of any number of those things that I just mentioned and more. Now this next person asks, red flags to avoid when finding a new bourbon. 
I don't really have a long drawn out answer for this one, but I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to say a red flag to avoid when finding any new bottle of whiskey would be any one influencer posting about it kind of an extreme amount, especially those. And I'm not trying, I'm not trying to punch down on anybody who has less followers or anything like that. But those who don't have too many followers, they might be getting paid to say that and not telling anybody about that. The reason I point out the followers is because once you have too big of a following, it can be really hard to hide the fact that you're being paid for something. And you can get in very serious trouble for not disclosing that you are being paid for a promotion. Um, But I would just be aware of that. There are people who do promotions and don't say that it's a promotion. I always try to mention, hey, this was sent to me for free, but I also haven't done any paid promotions as of the recording of this um but if it it, even if it was sent to me for free a lot of times i'll mention it um but i don't consider a free bottle as being paid because if somebody sends me a free bottle i tell them i'm going to give this a review that doesn't mean it's going to be a good review so just beware sometimes people are either affiliated with the company being paid to promote something or getting some kind of a kickback from the company so that that's a red flag that i would say to avoid um i would also say if you find out that a whiskey is sourced that can be totally fine i want to be very clear i love a lot of sourced whiskeys but if you go on their website and they're trying very hard to make it seem like they're not sourced or Anytime you go on a whiskey's website and it's trying very hard to not be what it is, maybe it's a finished bourbon that's trying to pretend like it's not a finished bourbon, those sorts of things can be red flags because my main question would be, why are you not telling me? Is it Why are you trying to hide it? Is it because you know that there's something wrong with it? For example, with finished bourbons, do you know that you just slapped a finish on a really crappy bourbon in order to make it taste sweeter? Or if it's sourced, do you just know that you grabbed some very random MGP barrels and threw them together and now you're selling them and you're not even doing quality checks? You're not even really trying to taste for good notes. You're just like, ah, this is good enough and you're selling it. If you're trying to hide it from me, that to me is usually a red flag. Uh, those who are very open about it, because I, I don't want to scare away from sourced especially, or even finished bourbons. I like a lot of finished bourbons too. I don't want to scare folks away from either of those things. It's when they're being dishonest about it, which is really the case for any kind of a product. If it seems like they're trying to hide something from you, then there's a reason they're hiding it from you. Sometimes that answer is just marketing. You know, uh, not sourced whiskey sells a lot better than sourced whiskey. Um, Selling your own distillate is a lot more desirable to some people than selling sourced distillate. But I like both and I don't want to scare folks away from it. But anytime they're hiding something is, is my response to that. This next question I like to think will offset that last question a little bit. And somebody asked, how many MGP bottles do I have or have I tried and what is my favorite? Uh, The answer to how many I have or have tried is I have no idea. Definitely a lot. But there are a lot of them out there that even I don't realize are MGP, especially if I'm not doing an episode or a review on it. I won't do enough research to realize that it's an MGP bottle. But my favorite that I have slash have had that I can think of right now is Barrel Seagrass. So according to a quick Google search, that is MGP juice, barrel seagrass. And I absolutely love barrel seagrass. So that's the point that I'm really trying to get at is that source whiskey is not inherently worse or inherently lazier than distilling your own whiskey. And I think barrel craft spirits is easily one of the best examples of this. I love a lot of their stuff. Of course, I love seagrass, which is sourced. And they take their blending, they take their sourcing very seriously. And so they are treating it like an art form. It's not just this lazy, hey, I'm going to go buy this barrel. I'm 
going to bottle it as my own stuff and I'm going to sell it. For barrel and for a lot of sourced whiskey companies, it means tasting a bunch of different barrels. It means learning how to blend different barrels together to create expressions that you think people are going to like. And it is its own art form within the whiskey industry. So I just want to make that very clear. I like a lot of sourced whiskey and barrel seagrass is easily one of my favorites. For our next question, it is another question that's been very common lately. What's all the buzz about the new Bonded Jack? So the new Bonded Jack Daniels, what this person is referring to, it's literally called Jack Daniels Bonded Tennessee Whiskey. And it's a new bottle that Jack Daniels came out with in 2022 that follows the Bottled and Bond Act. So you've probably heard me talk about Bottled and Bond stuff before. I'm not going to get too deep into that. But basically, it's this new expression that Jack Daniels came out with. And the reason that it's so hyped up is because Whiskey Advocate comes out with their most exciting whiskeys of each year, and it was number one on their list. So it was Whiskey Advocate's number one new whiskey of 2022. So it's very hyped up. Now, let me make a couple of things clear. I actually do really like Jack Daniels Bonded. I have a bottle of it on my shelf. I really enjoy it. It gives me some really nice, almost like bready flavors that I I really enjoy. I'm not going to get deep into the review of it, but I like it. And I think it's very sweet. It's very tasty. It's very easy to drink. I don't personally think it should have been the number one whiskey of the year. There are others on that list that I probably would have picked, but one, one of them being the brand I just mentioned, Barrel Craft Spirits. I really enjoy a lot of their stuff. But Jack Daniels Bonded... The reason it's the most exciting is probably because it's sold really, really well because it's Jack Daniels, and Jack Daniels stuff sells really, really well. So I don't know if it should have been the number one on Whiskey Advocate's list, but it was pretty good, and it's so inexpensive that it's worth trying, I would probably say. It's worth trying if you get it at a normal cheap price. I want to say it's in the $30 range in Ohio, but... It's super duper hyped up. You're absolutely right. It's nothing insane. It's a good bottle. I'll probably either keep it on my shelf or keep it or normal Jack Daniels number seven on my shelf, something like that. Uh, But I'm not going to go crazy over it. The next question is the last of our long form questions before we get to the lightning round. And it is one that I really wanted to drive home. I actually just recorded a video about it prior to the recording of this podcast, like just tonight, just before I sat down, because I was thinking about answering on the podcast and I thought, I want to make a video specifically on this. So this is a question that I get a lot in some form or another. And this person said, there's a couple of them actually kind of stacked up here. The first person says, great bourbons seem to be impossible to get unless you trade. How do I get them? Question mark. The next person with a very similar question said, moving to Montana with state owned liquor stores, advice on how to still get good bottles. So The reason I wanted to really take a second and drive this home is that I get this question or some form of it quite often. And I want to be very clear, there's a huge difference between great bottles, good bottles, etc., and allocated bottles. They are not synonymous. And so if you can't get allocations, you can absolutely still get great bottles. I live in Ohio. It is also state-controlled liquor stores. And I consider myself as able to get very many good bottles whenever I go to the liquor store. I can think of a few right off the top of my head that I could walk into the nearest liquor store to me right now and I could buy. And I actually mentioned a lot of those in the video that I did on this. So I want to make that clear. Allocated and great are not synonymous. Now, what's the hype with allocated bottles or what would I consider an allocated bottle if not just your everyday great bottle? 
The reason that I find a lot of bottles becoming allocated, there can be a couple reasons. The first could just be really good marketing. Maybe the manufacturer is great at marketing and it becomes an allocated bottle for that reason. And they're like, oh, there's very few of these bottles. You got to get them while they're hot. And people are like, oh my gosh. And then they get in line for them. Uh, The other answer, and this happens a lot for your mass produced allocated bottles. Think like the Weller series that we talked about in that first question. That reason would be, Allocated bottles a lot of the times taste like they should cost a bit more than they cost. So the experience that you get when you're drinking it feels like it should cost a little bit more than the bottle costs. In other words, if I were to review it blind with a lot of allocated bottles, in my opinion, if I were to review it blind and guess the price, I would guess a little bit more than the bottle actually costs. And that's why it becomes allocated. And that's why it becomes so expensive on the secondary market. So that is what leads a bottle to be allocated. Now, there are still bottles out there that I personally think are worth more than you have to pay for them. And there are still plenty of bottles that are great for their price. I talk about these sorts of bottles a lot. So if you follow me on Instagram and on TikTok, you probably hear me talk about them a lot. I feature these types of bottles on the show a lot. So if you are on the email, list and you're following along, then you probably see those whiskeys a lot. I talk about all sorts of whiskeys like that. So you don't have to get your hands on allocated bottles. You don't have to trade for allocated bottles. You don't have to stand out in line in order to get your hands on good bottles. I personally, I said this before and I'll say it again until I die. I only treat hunting as a fun hobby. I like it for the thrill of the chase. I like the excitement of standing in line, not too long for a little bit and being like, maybe I'm going to get something good today. I enjoy that part of the experience. I do not go crazy over trying to get the rare stuff. So that's just my little plug for don't worry so much about the rare stuff. And to the two people who asked, they basically asked the same thing. How can I still get my hands on good bottles if I can't make it to allocation drops, not friends and store owners, if I'm not able to trade as the one person asked, and if I'm in a state-owned uh if I'm a state that has state-owned liquor stores, is what the second person asked. The answer to all of those variations of that question that I just mentioned are you can still find great bottles, look at the stuff that I'm reviewing, look at the stuff that other awesome influencers are reviewing, and you can find it in your everyday store. <clears throat> and I'll add to that that some influencers focus a lot on allocated stuff, and they do it for the hype or the clout, or maybe it's just their niche. I'm not even trying to assume badly of them. Maybe that's just their specific thing is the allocated stuff. But that doesn't mean it's the only good stuff out there. That's why I try to focus a lot on stuff that's widely available. Okay, that covers all of the long form questions. So let's get into the lightning round. This lightning round is a lot faster. I try to answer as many questions as I can in a little bit of time. And I do type out like one sentence or one bullet point responses to each of these in order to try to make it go faster. Let's get started. The first question is, why use a decanter? Is it necessary? Does it lose anything by transferring? I'm guessing they mean transferring from the bottle into the decanter. And then they say, need more info. Uh, Decanters are pretty much just for looks when it comes to whiskey and the flavor of the whiskey should not change noticeably if you're using a good decanter with a good seal on it. The next question is what do I think of Nulu Toasted? I do have a 30 second review out about that right now. I really enjoyed the bottle of Nulu Toasted that I had. The next question, when are we getting your review of the Weller Foolproof? And then the next person asked, I paired these two questions together. Another person asked, what's your favorite Weller Pour? My favorite that I've had so far is Weller Foolproof. And when will my review of it be coming out? Hopefully very soon, I'll probably do a 30-second style review of it. 
The next question is the best variation that Jack Daniels offers. I said for me, my favorite variation is their gold number 27. And the reason for that is I had it on my wedding day. So it has like a special, you know, when you drink it, it takes you back type feel for me. Uh, But they do offer a lot of things that I haven't had. So I don't want to act like I'm an expert on Jack Daniels. But that one's just my favorite. This next person asked, what is one fun fact you would tell someone who knows nothing about bourbon? Uh, My fun fact, because I get these comments all the time, would be bourbon is not different from whiskey. It is a specific type of whiskey, but it also has a specific taste compared to most other whiskeys. So it's not different. It's just a subcategory of whiskey. It's not something entirely different from whiskey. And then also I would tell them it has a very specific taste compared to scotch or compared to Irish whiskey. It is, it's very different. So it's not all whiskey does not taste the same as one of the things I love to tell people. The next question is what's my favorite bottle design. I would say in general, I like a bottle that's a little bit unique, nothing like super crazy, but a little bit unique and shows off the whiskey inside. I don't like the ones that you can't really see the whiskey on the inside. Maybe the label fully covers it, or maybe it's a different color of glass. I like to be able to see the whiskey. I had written down Four Roses single barrel for this question, and then I'm also staring at it, so I have to mention I really like the Heaven's Door bottle. I just realized it's a very cool-looking bottle. So um, Heaven's Door Tennessee bourbon, that would be. So those are a couple of really cool bottle designs, in my opinion. The next question is, have I ever had Widow Jane? This person says, if I haven't had it, they highly recommend it. I haven't had it yet, but I do want to try it soon. It's one of those slightly pricier ones, though, so sometimes it takes me longer to get to those. The next question is, what the heck, I'm going to say heck is what that H probably stood for, is the BTAC, and why does everybody talk about it? If you see people say BTAC in reference to bourbon or to whiskey, they're probably talking about the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. This is Buffalo Trace's extra rare stuff that is presumably better. I cannot confirm if it's better because I haven't had it, but it's aged longer. I believe it's uncut and unfiltered, so it's, it's supposed to have the most flavor out of all the Buffalo Trace stuff. I've never had it, um, but that's why you hear people go crazy about it. You hear people go crazy about normal Buffalo Trace stuff. This is their once-a-year release of their presumably better stuff. The next person asks, when will we get a review of E.H. Taylor's Small Batch? You'll get a review as soon as I get a bottle, but I don't have one right now. The next question is, what's the best weeded bourbon? Not my favorite, sorry. What is the best weeded bourbon? And I said that my favorite right now is Weller Foolproof. The next person asks, I know you're a bourbon man, but do you have a favorite tequila? The I want to clarify, I'm actually a whiskey man, not just a bourbon man, but I am open to recommendations on favorite tequilas. I don't have a favorite right now, but I do enjoy tequila sometimes. The next question, this person must pay a lot of attention to my videos. I appreciate you. They said, don't you just love everything Barrel is doing lately? Uh, And my answer that I typed out was, literally, yes. Barrel, I love you. Please sponsor me. That's my answer to that. The next question is, are you going to do another budget bourbon March Madness or Scotch or Irish? Stay tuned for this. There is something coming up in March, and there's also something that we'll be releasing prior to March. So stay tuned. We're going to be doing more with the brackets. Those are a lot of fun. The next question is, I'm wanting to get into Irish. I already like American. Should I start low shelf or should I jump to red breast? My answer anytime you're going into uncharted territory is usually to start on the low shelf. I just like to do it to try to learn stuff. Maybe that's just me. And then also you get to try multiple different things in that new category without breaking the bank. But if if you have the money to throw around, absolutely, you can jump to Red Breast. My thing with it is I love Red Breast. I always recommend it to people. But you might not love 
love it. I have a ton of people who recommended me Green Spot, and we all heard how that went in the last episode. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Green Spot, but I don't like it nearly as much as I thought I was going to. So everybody's palate is different. Maybe for you, your Green Spot is your red breast, and your red breast is your Green Spot. Hopefully that made sense. That confused even me to say. But my point is that just because you see me or anybody recommend something doesn't mean it's a guaranteed. So I'm not saying to avoid the more expensive stuff like out of some weird reason that doesn't really make sense i'm saying that because you might not like it um but if you got the money jump into it i took way too long to answer that i don't know why i did okay but jumping to the last question we have what are my favorite cigars my answer to this is nothing very creative i need to get more into cigars here soon um hopefully once the weather gets warmer because i've kind of fallen off with the cigars and i do miss sitting down and enjoying a nice cigar so nothing super creative right now i would say my favorites are probably either oliva siri v which is pretty basic because it was the number one cigar like a bunch of times or the tatuaje seventh capa especial i hope i remembered the name of it right because i didn't look it up i just wrote it down i remember really liking that one but i haven't had it for a little while so those are probably my favorites right now and i i need to try some more cigars i really enjoy cigars now that is the end of the lightning round that's all we've got for the questions for this episode so once again thank you guys to everybody who submitted a question if i didn't get to your question this time hopefully i'll get to it next time i'm going to continue to try to pull the more new and exciting or different questions and try to get those answered and if you're asking a question i already answered in an episode i'm going to try to respond to it on my story with a link to that episode so that you can get the long form answered to that question but thank you to everybody who submitted these questions i I love doing these type of episodes. I think I say this like every Q&A episode or every FAQ episode that I love doing this type. And I really do. I like answering your guys' questions. Some of you really surprise me with the creativity of your questions, and I enjoy that. So keep them coming. We're going to keep the Q&A or FAQ or question and answer or listener question, whatever you want to call it, episodes are going to keep coming at you. Keep the questions coming, and I will see you guys next week, and I will answer more of your questions next month. That is all I've got for this episode. I'll leave you guys with learn to drink, drink to learn. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure to leave a five-star rating or review to help grow the show and get the word out. You can also find more Whiskey Noobs content on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs and on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. If you want to drink right along with me, make sure to join the email list by sending an email to whiskey noobs podcast at gmail.com with a subject line saying email list. You will receive monthly emails with a list of the whiskeys that will be featured throughout the month so that you can buy them ahead of time and drink right along with the show. Once again, thanks for listening to this episode. The Whiskey Noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol.